Hi, this is Surya Devi, and welcome to A Voice for Love. I'm a world music artist and practitioner of the healing arts, living on the unceded, traditional territories of the Coast Salish, Musqueam, and Tsleil-Waututh people, otherwise known as Vancouver, Canada. On this show, we speak with leaders and visionaries from around the world to talk more about what it means to be a voice for love. No matter what we believe in, we can learn to lead from love and speak from the heart so we can usher in true peace and healing on this planet together. Thank you so much for joining us. Hey, this is Surya, and welcome to A Voice for Love. Thank you, everyone, so much for listening. I appreciate everyone who takes the time to listen and all the feedback that I receive as well about the various episodes. And I'd especially like to thank our wonderful guests that we've had on here. It's been such a pleasure to speak with everyone. And today we're doing something a little bit different um, that I haven't done for a while anyway because I've been interviewing people a lot in this series. However, today is going to be a podcast with me and we're going to talk about money trauma. And I realized today that I needed to record a podcast about money trauma because I've been speaking about it a lot for those who follow me on social media Um Instagram is probably the place where I'm the most active and those um, posts also go to my Facebook uh, as well. And I've been speaking and working with money trauma for a little over a year now. And I have to say it's been absolutely eye-opening, fascinating, transformative, and I have been very surprised by the depth of what I have found inside of my own stories around money and you know, my own money trauma, and then the doorways that those opened into even deeper levels of things within my own being that may or may not have had anything directly to do with money initially, however, became transferred onto money for different reasons. And so money trauma is so prevalent. And, you know, a little bit about me is that I've been doing this this work of energy healing, coaching, holistic body work for over two decades now. Um, I started this work when I was quite young and have worked with a lot of different people from all walks of life, from, you know, people who are impoverished and perhaps don't have a home to very wealthy business people, executives, uh, celebrities, artists, all kinds of people from all walks of life. So I consider this such a blessing and such a gift because I've had a chance to connect and, you know, connect very personally with so many different types of people, which gives me a very broad view on things. And when I started to think about money trauma in relation to all the different kinds of people that I've, you know, both worked with and also just been around <laughs> in my in my life, you know, I've traveled lots. I've, you know, would like to think that I'm, you know, quite eclectic and diverse and have, you know, moved through lots of different groups of people throughout my life and, and different kinds of people because I'm a very open-minded person and I just like connecting with different people, period. And so, you know, when I started to think about money trauma, I realized that almost everyone, probably everyone has some form of money trauma. And for some people, it's going to be milder like anything, you know, for some people, it might be mild. And for other people, it can be so intense that it could actually be, you know, completely not not only stopping you from living the prosperous and abundant 
life that you deserve, it could actually be perpetuating cycles of, of trauma in your life as it relates to money. And the thing about money is that we can't get away from it in some form or another. You know, even if we switch into digital currencies, which people are talking about, and you know, now we have cryptocurrencies and we have so many different types of currencies and ways that we can generate abundance and, and share abundance and, you know, flow with, with different currencies. You know, money is just one of them, but money happens to be the main one at the moment. And, you know, money sums up all of these things. And, you know, money does make the world go round. We all need money for different things. We need money to take care of our living and to feed ourselves and to enjoy ourselves. And usually, you know, when we have goals and aspirations, the more money that we have, the more that we can do. You know, and money is something that often hinders people and stops people from doing what they want to do because they, you know, they believe that it's about money. And so, you know, money trauma initially is very collective so it, it's not completely individual with anyone it can't be it can't be because we have all been raised with these very toxic beliefs about money now this is intentional this is intentional because for a long time on this planet and still primarily we see that the majority of the wealth is controlled by a small group of people and those people and their associates and their families, they want to they want to keep it that way. They want us to hold toxic beliefs about money. And there's been a lot of stories and, and they're not just stories. You know, they have been truths because of the way that the world has been for a long time now. You know, many, 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 many thousands of years. We, we've seen this now, you know, that the world has been really a small group of people who are very prosperous, and then the majority of people are, you know, working very hard, sometimes just to live and, and just to eat. And, you know, th this creates this really, there's such a contrast here, right? You know, we have a small group of people who have more than they need and lavish and abundance, and then we have the majority of the people of the world who are, you know, living simply, modestly, and potentially just, you know, living day by day just to be able to 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 eat and to survive and so then because as human beings we're multi-generational and in our dna we carry the stories of our ancestors no matter what our experience is of money and abundance in this life we could still be carrying old patterns not not that we not like not we could still we probably are most likely 95 99% of us are we are carrying the stories of old money trauma that came from our ancestors unless your whole family tree is very rich and abundant people probably you've got money trauma that goes beyond just this life for you so if you think about what your ancestors did and who they were if they were struggling, there's a very good chance that those stories are still playing out throughout your being. And then add to the collective programming of whatever generation that you grew up in. You know, you'll see these collective stories over and over again that are really not positive and giving us very good messages about money. And then we have all these spiritual untruths about money, you know, that um, certain religions and certain traditions or certain ways of thinking feel that, you know, it is noble to be poor. And then in order to become, 
enlightened that we must give away all of our possessions and that we cannot have wealth carry these thoughts without ever having actually been directly exposed to them you know some people think talk about having like christian guilt but they were never actually raised christian those but those ideas and those beliefs were surrounding them growing up so it becomes a again like another a distorted way of thinking the other one is of course like uh things like money doesn't grow on trees like i know that i heard that that was just like a, a constant mantra growing up like money doesn't grow on trees money doesn't grow on trees and yet if any of you remember the podcast episode that i did with wonderful uh chanel uh chanel told us the story of her grandmother in indonesia who became a very wealthy woman by literally visualizing money on trees her grandmother grew up very poor basically you know would have a bowl of rice and salt for for her meals that was that was all she had and because she was so poor and she looked around her i guess at a certain point she decided that she was going to be rich one day now she worked very hard but in addition to working hard she would literally for many many years visualize and sort of meditate on this idea of money falling from trees and then she would take a bucket in her mind's eye and go around and catch the money in the buckets and over time you know it was her hard work as well but her visualization and hard work paid off and she became a very very wealthy woman and also in that time period in that country that is an extra um, ambitious and wonderful feat for her grandmother so you know right there there's a there's sort of the the busting of a myth you know but again we've heard these stories all the time right there's these collective stories that we tell about money and yet you know they appear very real because depending on where we live, I mean, if you live in a very poverty-stricken part of the world or a poverty-stricken neighborhood, all you're going to see around you every day is evidence of these truths, right? You're going to see that probably money is hard to come by. You're going to see a lot of suffering. You're going to see a lot of people going without. And unfortunately, you know, this is a truth. And we also have the power in any given moment to, to change our, our, our life in, in many, many, many ways. And one way that we can change very much so is changing our relationship to money. And the more that I've like delved into this topic, I actually believe that doing this work is not only going to benefit you and your life and your finances, it's actually a gift for the entire collective and for the entire world because every single one of us who decides to say no to these collective toxic beliefs that we hold about money and create new ideas about wealth and abundance is actually doing a massive service to all. Because the way I see it is that, you know, consciousness is everything. Consciousness trumps everything you know it, it it trumps matter matter is very slow moving you know on the on the earth plane we're very dense as beings you know and and when we get into the realm of spirit and when we get into the realm of consciousness you know things move much faster and that's why as we rapidly elevate in consciousness on the planet i believe that we're going to see a lot of major changes and the financial system and the financial systems of this world need major help and we need to see a major redirection of wealth on this planet because that is a lie that there is a lack there is no lack here there is more than enough and there has been more than enough for everyone always however the problem is greed the problem is greed and misdirection 
and mismanagement of wealth. And that is what keeps some places and some people completely thriving and other parts of the world where people don't even have their basic needs met. And this is unnecessary. It doesn't need to happen, but it's happening because of mismanagement. If we as a society, as a collective, as a human race came together and decided collectively that no one was going to go without and that we would pool all the resources, that we would redirect the money, that perhaps we would stop creating nuclear weapons and, and fighting wars with one another and focus instead on feeding people, clothing people, housing people, getting people medical care, educating people, all of these things, we would have a very different world. But the consciousness would have to change in order for that to happen. Now, the good news is, if we're looking at this ratio of the 99% versus the 1%, then actually we as the 99% have a really good chance of getting this right. And we may not have all of the same resources that the 1% has at the moment, but what we do have is our own individual consciousness. We have our own soul's work. We have our own frequency. We have our gifts and talents, and we have power, each and every single one of us. And I believe that that is one of our, every single one of our reasons for incarnating in, in some form is to find our own God-given power. And there's a lot of power in changing your relationship to money and how you choose to see money. And, and simply because it's everywhere. Again, we cannot get away from money. All these transactions that we do with one another throughout the day is, is for money. And, you know, initially we didn't have a currency. People would just trade and barter with one another, right? It's like, oh, hey, you know, I'm a fisherman and I have some fish. You have some blueberries, you know, maybe you have some fabric over here. Like, let's all trade with one another so that we all have what we need. You know, this idea of like collective sharing, collective trading. And then, you know, at some point, the idea of money was introduced as something just a little bit easier, a symbolic representation of value. So what is money? Now, this is very interesting because a lot of people will say that money is neutral. And at the same time, money is whatever that we want it to be. And chances are, if you have really toxic beliefs about money currently, you know, if you believe that money is hard to come by, like if you believe that you know, money causes problems in your life. You know, for me, one of the big associations that I had for a long time was like money was stress because in the home that I grew up in, there was always stress around money and, and being a very empathetic and sensitive child, I always picked up on that. And I was like, oh gosh, like here's another, you know, like an argument or a tense moment or there's some kind of tension happening and it's all around money. So I began to draw this association of like, oh, money is stress. Like money is bad. Money is problems because me as, you know, trying to get my own needs met is I desire peace on a soul level on a on everything in my being I just want peace I, I don't I don't really like stress I don't really like you know I, I crave uh, as most of us do you know nobody really wants to be in a state of stress right like we want to feel relaxed and we want to feel good but a lot of us our experience and our energy towards money isn't good and it's simply because a, probably a lot of us grew up just like I did in homes where people had anywhere from like simple little arguments to even violent outbursts around money money can be such a trigger for people because you know when money is the thing that is symbolic of getting our needs met when people are in survival mode anything can happen you know, because that survival mode kicks up and it puts us into that fear mode. 
It's very primal. It is very primal when we don't feel safe. Anything can happen. And this is, you know, this is a fact that crime is happens more in, in impoverished areas, right? Why? Because people are desperate. People are in need. So they go to all kinds of measures to, to get what they need and to get their needs met. That is not going to happen as much with people who are perhaps on, on a different level where they're not in survival anymore, where they're knowing that they're provided for. And so when we change our relationship to money, when we start to look at our own money trauma, there is an invitation to heal and grow on multiple levels. And this is what actually really surprised me as I dove deeper into this work. I was very shocked to, to sort of find out that really hidden inside of our money trauma are actually a lot of our deepest fears, a lot of our worries, a lot of our deep pains and trauma can be very interwoven with our stories about money. And so we have to start to kind of like unravel them and, and get them clear so that we can develop a new relationship with money, right? Because it's like anything, you know, our beliefs are very, very, very powerful. Whatever we believe shows up for us in, in, in our own reality, right? And, and I always say to people, you know, you can believe whatever you want. Just make sure that your beliefs are serving you because that's going to be a lot of what is informing your reality. Now, I also believe in a, in a much higher power, in a supreme creator that, you know, ultimately can, you know, we're, we, are, we have incredible powers as individual creators. And I also have a, have a, have a belief in a, in an almighty creator, you know, that is um, still above us. And I believe that as humans, that is what keeps us humble. And for me, what I've learned and a lot of my journey with money has really been deeply tied into God and trust and faith. Because when we don't have money, and when we can't meet our needs, sometimes, it evokes so many different emotions and feelings. And it's very, you know, for those of you who maybe do yoga and are familiar with the chakra system, it's this is very much the root chakra. This is very much our base, you know. And the truth is, when we don't have our needs met, when we can't meet our needs, it creates a whole, you know, domino effect of other issues in our lives, you know, stress, fear, anxiety, these can lead to medical conditions. And of course, like all of this becomes a vicious cycle. And you see this with some people, right? You see like some people, it's like they always have these issues, including financial problems, right? And when we start to change our relationship to money, we can look at it differently. And you know, it doesn't mean that every single one of us is going to be a millionaire or a billionaire. But what it means is that we can start to live with complete and total trust and really change our relationship to money so that money doesn't become a source of stress. And this is going to be a mix, of course, of, you know, both sort of practical and magical is the way that I look at it because there is an element here of, of trust and faith and, you know, visualization and belief. There's that part of it. And then there's some really practical parts too. You know, there's people whose, their money trauma could be rooted in an overspending habit. You know, maybe they spend 30 to 40% more than they make every month. And then that's ending them up with like, you know, a huge debt at the end of every year. That, that problem is going to need a number of adjustments. You know, the first one, of course, being the spending habits have to stop. But then, you know, we would have to look at what is behind 
the spending habit? What is behind causing somebody to, you know, spend 30 to 40% more than they make every month, which is resulting in a debt, which is resulting in more stress? And what is the cause of that? So that could be one example of money trauma. Another form of money trauma could be, you know, just the individual who is always going without. They're, they're always in lack. No matter what they do, they can't seem to catch up. And it becomes this, you know, ongoing trauma for them that they don't really feel like they know how to make money or provide for themselves. And then this can trigger so many different types of feelings and emotions because, you know, of course, in this society, we, we so much equate money to power. So many of us do. You know, this is another collective idea that has been drilled into us. And, you know, money is powerful. Having money can make us powerful. And you can be powerful with or without money is another truth, right? With or without money, you can be powerful. You don't have to associate your power with money, right? You have to find your own personal power. But what would happen in that case is that the, you know, this, this, the constant inability to manifest money is going to affect that individual's own sense of personal power, right? So, you know, the interesting thing about money trauma is when I started to look at all the different types of pers- people that I've worked with over the years, I saw that everybody had a different kind of money trauma, including wealthy people. Wealthy people often have extraordinary trauma around money. And there's a few different reasons for this. You know, just because somebody can make money doesn't mean that they know how to hold it correctly and and to hold it in love. So many people, they may have manifested money, they may have come into money somehow or another, yet they live in constant fear that it's going to be taken away from them. Maybe they they are, you know, up at night wondering, you know, how they're going to take care of themselves or how they're going to, you know, how they would manage their life if they didn't have the money that they have now, because what often happens is like, you know, people come into money and, you know, let's say they get a beautiful house, but the house has a big mortgage payment, you know, and then maybe they get a, the boat that they always wanted. But, you know, that costs them like a huge chunk of money as well. And, you know, all of a sudden the car that they're driving has like a huge payment and like all of these things. Right. And then all of a sudden, you know, they're in this place of they, they sit and think about it and they're like, holy bejesus, like I need to come up with $50,000 a month just to live. Right. And so, playing on those levels where you're dealing with so much more money than most people are, that can become a a cause of stress itself. And really what I've seen a lot is, you know, people who have money, but are still very much in fear of it. You know, I've met like incredibly wealthy people, like millionaires and millionaires who are like, you know, still penny pinching over at Starbucks, you know, over a coffee or, you know, taking money out of your wallet. That happened to me once. Like some friends of mine were having a an argument at, at, at lunch and one of them owed the other one money. And like, they actually went into my wallet when I went to the bathroom and cause they knew that I had cash in there. I think I had a, you know, a few hundred dollars in cash in my wallet and they just went into my wallet and helped themselves <laughs> took the cash in my wallet to settle the argument around money. And, you know, I always found that very strange, but I guess in some way, one or both of them felt, felt entitled to, because they knew that that money was there, you know? So, Money can cause people to steal, you know, money can cause people to lie, money can cause people to cheat other people. And the way I see it is really at the root of all of these behaviors is is the scarcity mentality. It is the trauma. It is this idea that we won't be taken care of. And it does get tricky, you know, because of course, so many of us over and over again, again, we have this evidence 
in our lives to show us over and over again that money doesn't work for us and that, you know, we have a bad relationship to money. And that's, it's very understandable. And this is where we got to go into kind of like the metaphysical, like the woo-woo side of it all. We have to start to change our beliefs and our thinking and our energy and our nervous system to recalibrate around money. Now, the nervous system and money is so is such a vast and profound terrain to explore and it is something that you can be continually working on because especially when you find yourself in a moment where you're stressed about money it could be that maybe you don't have money to pay a bill or you're a little bit short or you know you had to dip into your savings or cash in an investment or do something that made you feel uncomfortable that brought you into feelings of lack which is very normal and when we have those moments, if we can actually sit with those feelings and explore them as they come up and allow them to arise, we can have really huge shifts around how we relate to money. Because the other truth about money is it's up and down, right? Like it's, it's, it's here and it's there. It's like a tide. It ebbs and it flows. You know, most of us, I mean, the, the, even, even if you have a, a steady job your whole life where you receive a steady paycheck, you'll probably notice if you were paying attention to other areas of your life that, you know, certain areas were, you know, more abundant than others during that time, or maybe, you know, money or abundance or prosperity would come to you in other ways. Now, entrepreneurs learn this over and over and over again because, you know, entrepreneurs don't have a steady paycheck. It's like a, you know, it's, it's like this act of constant creation, right? But what we know is that there's always ups and there's always downs right? It's, it's just kind of the nature of it, how it goes. So when we can learn to soothe ourselves and to regulate our nervous system to be able to manage the ups and downs, we can actually move into a deeper capacity for receiving. And every time those feelings come up, the feelings of fear around money, the scarcity, the lack mentality, it's actually an invitation to shift that and move into something else. And there's different elements to this. You know, one element is the mental realm. Like, how do we think? How are you thinking about money? You have to start kind of watching your mind and, and see, like, are most of your thoughts around money and prosperity and abundance, are they, are they primarily positive or are they negative? When you catch your thoughts, are you thinking that there's enough or are you always worrying that there won't be enough? You know, that's one piece, watching the mind. The other is what we say, watching what we say. What kind of language are you using around money? Are you constantly saying that you can't afford things and that, you know, talking, speaking in lack and all these types of things? This is another important thing to, to be mindful of as well, right? Because what we speak and what we say, you know, actually, you know, casts a spell out there into the world, right? Like it creates a sound vibration that goes out and it says something. So we have to watch what we're saying. And sometimes it's almost like when we're in certain times, you know, when we're in certain spots, maybe tough spots, we have to sort of like little white lie about it a bit, not white lie about it a bit. But if you're having a challenging time with money, it's probably not wise to run around and tell everybody that with your words. Instead, during those times, it is actually more potent and more powerful to speak words of prosperity, speak them over your life, speak them over your business, speak them over your career, speak them over your projects, 
you know, that is the time to do that. And it can feel a little funny at first. And this is where the logical mind, you know, sometimes wants to say, and that, you know, the reptilian part of the brain wants to say like, oh, hey, it's not going to work. It's never been there before. Like you can't just, you know, the money just isn't there. Like, and we had to fight through this. And this is where it can be a little challenging because again, we're dealing with our own personal conditioning, our cultural conditioning, societal conditioning. We're dealing with, you know, whatever it happened with our ancestors and the messages that are in our DNA. And it's just this big collective mess that we have for the most part about money. And then all the judgments that we have about people who don't have money, the judgments we have about people who do have money, you know, the, the resentments that we have, the envy that we have, you know, like money brings up so much in people, you know, it really does. And so that is why it is such a powerful tool for growth to begin to examine where is our money trauma like what what is it maybe some of us have patterns where we might have like huge highs and lows so you might have like an incredible month or few months in your business where you make an extraordinary extraordinary amount of money and then all of a sudden you crash and it's like nothing you know and then you have a dry spell and so you're doing this like up and down and back and forth there, there's some exploration there around like why is this happening? Why, why the, you know, and what is needed there to balance that? So money trauma is just fascinating to me because I just feel like it's such a, a collective disease. You know, we all want money. And yet at the same time, most of us hold such toxic beliefs about money and abundance and all of these things. So again, you know, when we do this work, when we address our own personal money trauma, when we start that journey, and it is a journey, it really is a journey. It's, it's not a one-stop shop. It's not something that you just kind of sit with once and, and that's that. It's, it, it's an ongoing exploration because throughout our lives, we're probably going to continue to be triggered by money you know we've all had this happen it's like you know out of the blue maybe your car breaks down and all of a sudden you have like a two thousand dollar repair bill or like something goes wrong in your house and you have to fix an appliance that costs like you know a thousand bucks or, or whatever it is you know like we've all had these things happen and and what usually happens in those moments like observe yourself think back on some of your own situations it probably triggered your fear it could have triggered your anger like it can this these things can trigger really really strong emotions and that is not a bad thing either right this is why I'm saying inside of our money trauma journey there are so many gems there that may or may not have anything to do with money and and the cool thing is is that the work that I do around this and the way that I that I see this work the tools are really the same you know similar if not the same as any type of emotional regulation and, and this idea and this gift and this tool of using the emotions as like the fuel to our own self-realization. And again, this is the very opposite of what most of us have been taught, right? That's the conditioning on this planet is so intense. It's so, so intense and it begins so young. And most of us are conditioned into doing things, saying things, being certain ways, which is going to be different depending on where we come from, instead of taught, being taught to honor our uniqueness, 
and all of the things that make us different, right? And, and right from there, that is where we're conditioned as well. It's like we're conditioned from such a young age to like, okay, you go to school, you learn how to be a certain way so that you can go and get a job that you are able to execute because you've been trained to do things in that certain way. And most people see that this is the way to like some kind of safety or security. And yet this path, while it can offer you a stable life, um, and, and again, it's, it's different for some people. Not everyone is meant to be an entrepreneur, right? Some people are meant to work for people like everybody. There's all kinds down here. There's all kinds of people. There's all kinds of journeys. There's all kinds of everything, right? And, and it's the same with money. It's the same with, yeah, our journey with money is just so multifaceted. It, it, it all goes so deep. And so this uniqueness, that we have is actually our value. That is your true value. Your true value is whatever makes you unique. And it's actually your own soul's frequency, right? Because nobody can be you except for you. And what is it that makes us us, right? Is it the clothes that we wear? Is it the words that we speak? Is it the thoughts that we think? Is it the feelings that we feel? Like what is it that makes us us? You know, we're all human. We all have bodies. We, you know, call ourselves different things. We identify as different things. But at the end of the day, we're all human. But what is it that makes us truly unique from one another? Well, the way I see it is that each and every single one of us has a unique soul's blueprint or a soul's frequency. And inside of your own divine frequency, that is where your true prosperity and abundance awaits you because if you can access and align with that frequency then you are completely on purpose and when you're on purpose you will be taken care of so again it's going to be different for some people not everyone is meant to be a millionaire not everybody wants to be a millionaire and that could be something you discover in your money trauma as journey as well is that you might think right now that you need to make six figures or seven figures you know a month or a year or whatever it is and you might actually figure out that you don't, that you just need, you know, that certain sweet spot amount and a bit more. And that is the, that is the amount that you're able to generate in a way that you can live your life in peace and ease, right? Some people are motivated to make lots and lots and lots and lots of money. And that is great. That is a part of their purpose. That's a part of their essence. Those people, hopefully, <laughs> are motivated to make that money, not just to benefit their own lives, but to some way be of service, right? And this is something that just debunks that whole biblical quote that I just, you know, that I just shared about, you know, Jesus saying like a rich man can't get to heaven, which of course the Bible is symbolic. But if, if we're taking that literally, then this doesn't even make sense because the, the person who is rich, the person who is truly prosperous, the person who has money actually has the potential to have the biggest impact, right? The person who has the most money, when we have money, there's so many different things that we can do with it. And that is where choice comes in big time as well, right? But if we have a lot of money, we can potentially serve and support and help a lot of people in addition to doing whatever it is that we personally want to do with our own money, right? So I'm passionate about this because 
I feel like the more people who heal their toxic beliefs around money decide to create new beliefs about money, not only does this benefit us, it actually benefits the entire collective. And if we have, which we already do, probably hundreds of thousands, millions of people already, I would say, are working on their abundance consciousness in some way, shape, or form or another. This has completely shifted the landscape of prosperity and abundance on this planet, not just for us, but for the future generations. Because just like we are experiencing, you know, the, the, the stories and the memories of our ancestors that live in our bones and our DNA, when we do the healing work and we shift and we change and we heal, that work also moves forward into the future generations. You know, our children, our grandchildren, our great-great-grandchildren, ancestors of ours that we may never meet personally. But the work that we do now affects them. So imagine if, as a collective, as a human race, we all started to change our beliefs about money. And my experience with doing this work and with everybody that I've done this work with is that when we start to get out of the scarcity mentality and heal our relationship to money, we feel more abundant. And when we feel more abundant, we're more likely to give and to feel safe in giving away. And actually giving is one of the laws of abundance. When we give, we receive more. But we also have to learn how to pattern ourselves that way. And that's why the nervous system work and the repatterning and the rethinking is so important. Because right now, if your body and your nervous system are in a constant state of stress around money, the, the vibrational match to money is probably always going to show up as more stress somehow. But the good news is when we start to shift that, when we can recalibrate our nervous system to look at money and receive money in a different way, everything changes. And you know what? This is always interesting. The situations themselves may not change. You may still be getting paychecks or salaries from the same people. You may be paying bills to the same organizations or the same, you know, wherever that your bills go, the same services, but you'll do it in a different way. You'll do it from a place of gratitude. You'll do it from a place of love. You won't do it every time you, you have to hand over, you know, like $150 for your appointment. You'll do it gratefully instead of thinking, oh God, I'm spending 150 bucks. Wow, how grateful am I that I could spend $150 on this service today, right? This is just one example of many. And the truth is, is that money is, is infinite. I mean, money's kind of a joke in some ways because it's not even real. It's, it's numbers on a screen. It's numbers on a page. It's numbers, right? If you, if you had $20 million in the bank, you probably couldn't go to the bank tomorrow and say, give me that $20 million in cash. They wouldn't have it. They wouldn't. So this all makes money very intangible. It's just sort of like this energy that's out there. And there's so many levels to this as well because you can live a very prosperous and abundant life on little to no money. I did it for many years. I know many people who live wonderful, abundant, joyful, prosperous lives with not a lot of money. Everyone has a different soul path. Everyone has a different frequency. Not everybody is meant to be out there jet setting, generating large amounts of money. Some people came here to live very simple, wholesome, easygoing lives that may not require the same amounts of money that everyone has. And then we could also talk about the idol worship that's been created around money 
in our culture and in through so many different cultures you know like hip-hop culture is what comes to mind you know it's like a straight-up worship idol worship of money you know and this has also permeated our consciousness and you know this this can cause all kinds of you know problems and issues and it's just again there's nothing wrong with having money it's wonderful to have money it's incredible to have money i i'm such a stand for people creating more wealth especially people who are conscious who are aware who are awake who are working from a place of love who want to do good things with their money who believe in enjoying life for themselves and also giving back and again when we feel comfortable around money when we feel more safe we're gonna feel more safe in sharing and giving because we can't count on our governments and our world leaders to 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 save everything we can also generate funds and, and manifest prosperity and abundance to do incredible things ourselves as people as individuals as individuals coming together in groups i've seen incredible things happening in the future in my visions with it, on the earth incredible miracles can take place but it, it comes from the consciousness when the consciousness expands enough and when we're ready the next steps will be revealed and miracle solutions to things that right now seem that they are unsolvable Miracle solutions will come about, but we have to hit that, th the right space in our consciousness. So applying higher consciousness to money is a profound practice, and it's an important one. And if you're listening to this, because I always get comments like this, whenever I start talking about money trauma, you know, there's always that one or two people that are like, why are you always talking about money? Why are you so superficial? And all that does is that just tells me where their belief system is at around money. What it tells me about them is that they still hold belief that having money is wrong. Having money is evil. Creating wealth is, is bad. That, 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 that's all that tells me about them right away, you know, and it, and it happens all the time. And I know other coaches and healers who talk about money and, you know, especially some of the ones who are making big money, you know, they get a lot of flack for it. But all that shows is that there's people out there who don't either believe in abundance or they're jealous or envious of the abundance of others, which is also part of this work. Because as we move into oneness consciousness, as we move into, you know, knowing that we're all connected to one another, truly, if you want to be prosperous and abundant, truly yourself, you have to get to the place where you are so supportive and at, at yes, and really taking a stand for the prosperity and abundance of others. If you're always jealous or envious or judgmental of either people that you know or just people around you or just people in general who have money and who are rich, that's a big place right there that needs to start to be addressed. Because everyone has their own karma here and having money doesn't necessarily mean abundant. One of my first jobs was working at a um, kind of like a fancy high-end hair studio, quite like a prestigious one where I'm from. And this, this particular location is in a neighborhood that has a lot of sort of old money people. And these old money ladies mostly would frequent these salons 
And I remember looking at some of them thinking these women are completely wealthy. They're decked out in, you know, name brand stuff. They're coming in, you know, every week just to get their, you know, or every couple of days to get their hair blown out and spending lots of money. You can tell they get, you know, all the right cosmetic procedures. And yet some of them, I would look at them and think, None of these beauty treatments and all this money cannot hide the fact that some of these women, they look terrible. They look miserable. They don't look happy. They don't look, you know, any, they, they just look completely miserable. And I remember thinking, well, it, you know, if that's what money has, then if that's what money gets you, then, then I don't want it. And so it's interesting because the person that I just, just described is somebody who I would say probably has their own form of money trauma, right? Somebody who's very wealthy, but isn't happy. You know, those th two things don't add up. You know, there's a lot of people who are very happy that aren't wealthy, but there's also a lot of people who are wealthy and healthy and happy, which is, which is good, you know? But I can tell you for myself in that moment, my judgments about some of those women that came into the salon that I worked at did form some of the beliefs that I had around, uh-oh, you know, maybe if I had a lot of money or maybe if I was wealthy and rich like that, then I would also be miserable. So we really have to look at all of these stories and start to deconstruct them because stories come from different places in our lives, especially things that we learned when we were children or, you know, things that were just told to us, especially when you were, we were younger. If they were told to us by people that we trusted, you know, our parents, our grandparents, our teachers, etc., we just take them at face value because as a child, you know, you trust that person. And most of us, most of our programming was not intentional by our families. It's intentional by the system, but not by, you know, our families, our teachers. They were just doing the best that they could. They were just sharing what they were taught, right? But there's a lot of power, evil power, you know, in, in like convincing a whole bunch of people that money is scarce and money is hard to come by while withholding it from them in various forms so that that can keep a group of people in power and keeping everyone else oppressed. But that's not why we're here. We're here to restore the balance on the planet as I see it. So healing our money trauma has a big part to play in that because again, we can't get away from money. Money is going to be there. We're going to have a relationship with money throughout our life, whether we like it or not. So like anyone or anything you have to have a relationship with, if you absolutely have to, if you can't get, if you can't get away from it, wouldn't you want to try to make the best of that relationship? Wouldn't you want that relationship to flourish? And with money, it's very interesting because, you know, you're not dealing with a, a narcissistic ex-partner or a, or a, you know, frustrating, confusing parent or, you know, an angry coworker. You're dealing with this neutral energy that is money. But we have projected so much onto money. We have made so many things about money that may or may not have anything to do with money. While money was a factor in the story, the actual pain, the actual, you know, emotion that we find hard to deal with, the trauma, all of that probably came from and originates from something else. But it just feels easier to blame it on money. And because of the way the system has been set up, where most of us have been at a disadvantageous position around money, it all of a sudden seems very real, doesn't it? So Again, we have, to, we have to do some practical work here and some magical work here. We have to be willing to jump out of the box and believe and see and visualize and affirm and all of these sort of like more magical properties. 
And then practically speaking, we have to actually look at what are the things stopping us from either getting money, keeping money, you know, receiving money, all of these things. And what are the different habits that we might want to create if we, you know, if we truly want to create money, you know, for example, you know, investing every month instead of going to Starbucks or, you know, all these different things that we can do. So again, it's a mixture of practical and the magical. So I love talking about money trauma. I love helping people heal their money trauma. I love sharing more about this because I truly believe that this is a big key to healing humanity. Because again, when we feel safe around being prosperous, when we feel safe to be abundant, when we feel safe to be prosperous, we can then bless the world. We feel more safe to give. And, you know, giving doesn't have to mean that we start this big organization and, you know, try to feed people around the world. It could just be maybe your neighbor needs a helping hand or there's a family at the end of the block that, you know, is always struggling and you you drop groceries off for them every week or whenever you can. You know, like there's always ways to give. And the more secure that we feel, the more secure we're going to feel to give. And because the law of the universe tells us that when we give and as we give, we receive more just by continue, just by operating in this way and changing this way that we behave actually creates a ripple effect, not just in our own life, but everywhere around us because so many people have needs, you know, we all have needs, you know, most of us want more money to like maybe do new, th- do more things that we like, maybe support our creative projects, maybe travel, you know, all of these things. And then, you know, some of the most rewarding things in my in my experience that you can do with money is actually to give to people, is actually to serve other people. It is such a heartwarming feeling and empowering feeling to know that we can use some of the money that we have to bless others. It is a truly um, heart-opening experience. So if you want to know more about money trauma, you can follow me on Instagram. I have a few accounts. My main account is Surya Debbie World, um, which is not exclusively focused on money trauma healing there, but I'll always direct you back there. And and I also have there um, the actual handle money trauma healing, money trauma healing on Instagram. And you can always message me through my website, which is also Surya Debbie World, all Surya Debbie World. Um, if you want to talk to me about some of the different programs that I have and uh, ways that I can support you in healing your money trauma. And I also have a free course uh, that I would love to share with all of you about healing money trauma. Um, I have a few courses and I've decided to give one of them away for free. I haven't actually released any of them yet. I have made two and one of them I'm going to give to you for free. And that was uh, guided And that wasn't what I planned, but, you know, I know that it's because it can help a lot of people. And I know that every time I talk about money trauma and I post about it, I get a lot of messages and I get a lot of people, they really resonate with this idea, even if they don't know exactly what it is. And I think a lot of people hear it and they go, wait a second, like, this sounds like me. You know, I I have some kind of money trauma and there's no, not only is there no shame in, in, in addressing this and talking about it or admitting it. It's actually such a noble, wonderful thing that you can do, not just for yourself, but everyone in your life that's affected by the abundance that you have, you know, your family, your friends, your, your business connections, all of those things. Again, it's, it's something for the world. When we change our relationship to money, 
we can do incredible things. And I'm just so passionate about helping people with this and and supporting people in having a creating a new relationship to money because it can be truly incredible and and money is just there you know money is actually there for us money is there for you however if that is not something that you currently believe if when you hear me saying that you're like what are you talking about money's never been there for me that could have been true up until now however we can help you create and cultivate a totally new mentality, a new approach, and a new way of looking at money that will bring you peace, that will bring you ease. And again, every time that we find ourselves more in states of ease and more of states of peace and more of states of love than we do of stress, anger, fear, anxiety, all these other things, again, that is not just something that benefits us, it's something that benefits the collective. And if you don't know this, this always fascinates me, you know, there's been studies done on where they take groups of meditators, so groups of people who meditate, and they have, um, you know, done different experiments with them. One of them was a group of, I believe it was people who do transcendental meditation, went to the border in of Israel at Gaza, and they meditated there, and the war stopped. They left, more fighting started, they came back, and it stopped again. There's other stories about how groups of meditators have decreased crime in urban areas. So what does this tell us? All it tells us is that our consciousness directly affects not only us, but everyone around us. So everyone who decides and chooses to, to heal, to, to do this work of starting to heal their money trauma and look at all of these, the different ways that they look at money is actually doing a huge service for all of humanity. And then we can change the collective story of humanity about money. Could you imagine if all of a sudden the collective story about money was that there's always enough money, money is everywhere, we can make money all the time, like there's always more money. Even in thinking that, even if that if that right now is such a stretch for you, like when you hear me say that, you're like, what are you talking about? Like, how can you even say that? Just open your mind for a moment and think about that. Think about that being real where we actually live on a planet where it's like there is money everywhere. There is money for everyone. And the more people who start to think like this and move into that level of abundance, all that means is, is just receiving more money, which allows us to give. And it also allows us to do the things that we love doing. And therefore, you know, we fulfill our purpose in just being able to do whatever it is that we want to do. It's very powerful. And money is here to help us with that. Money is not our enemy. Money is our friend. Money is here to support us. But we have not been taught this. And it's not your fault. It is not anybody's fault. It is, it is a massive, deep, collective programming that we can all begin to undo. And guess what? The more of us who do it, the easier it is going to be for everyone. Because that's the way it works. You know, having been sort of doing what I do and awake for as long as I've been, I've seen things shift so incredibly rapidly and continue to shift rapidly as far as consciousness goes. I mean, the spiritual industry and the coaching industry didn't even exist a few years ago, like a decade ago. And now not only does it exist, you know, we have healers and, you know, people in the and creatives and people who are doing spiritual work and shamanic work who are out there making six and seven figures a year doing their sacred healing work. 
This was previously unheard of, you know? So the fact that this is actually happening is in itself indicative of the change that is taking place, of the transformation of consciousness. And it's happening so rapidly. So please, I'm going to put the link um, in the, you know, where, where I can put links here. Um, however you're listening to this, I know people listen on all kinds of different platforms like, you know, Spotify, iTunes. Some people listen through my website, which is 30wworld.com. You can message me through there. Um, you know, however you're listening to this, I'm going to put a link there for a free course about money trauma. Please um, take it. It's my gift to you. And if you want to go deeper, if you want to do more, I have different, um, a few opportunities, some mostly group work. I have a few personal spots available, but uh, most of all, I just, I love the, the, the transformations I've seen in people have just been extraordinary. People having like complete epiphanies about so many things. Again, not just money. It's, it's, it's so much deeper than just money. Money is like the metaphor. And so that's why I call it the myths process. Myth, like money trauma, you know, money trauma healing. But so many of our stories about money, they're just that. They're just myths. They're stories. And so we can acknowledge the truth of the past. We're not trying to gaslight anyone or anything or say that things didn't happen or things aren't bad or wrong. We're, we're, this is not, that's not it at all. That's a denial of, of a certain reality. There is great widespread suffering on this planet. And doing this work, healing our money trauma, allows us to generate more prosperity and abundance. It allows us to feel more peaceful about the money that we have, which also is going to make us feel better, more comfortable, and more at ease around giving, supporting, knowing that if money is not scarce, if money is everywhere, you're, if you really come into that knowledge and that actualization of that belief, you're not going to hold on to it as much. And again, I'm not saying you don't hold on to it because saving is good. Again, this is where the practical comes in, right? Like saving is good. Managing your money is good. And giving is also good. You know, supporting is good. So this is just a little piece of what I have found to be just a massive, massive topic and exploration of, of money trauma. Which again, is it's not just about money. It's about much, 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 much more. But I was just guided to make this podcast and to share a little bit more because I know I've been talking about it much more recently. And I just wanted to give everyone just a little bit more information and uh, also the invitation for anyone who, who wants to go deeper in this work. Uh, you can do it yourself. And I'm going to be continuing to offer lots of you know more information and resources to do that. And of course, you know whenever you hire a coach or a mentor to support you it's like you know it's like taking the faster it's like my, my my buddhist guru always says it's like the difference between you know taking like a, a pinto car or like a beat up old car to, to get to enlightenment or like taking a jet right so so you know walking side by side and working with a coach or a mentor in, in any subject whatever that is will help you a good one anyway <laughs> will help you accelerate your growth and development much more quickly. You know, there are, <laughs> talking about the spiritual industry, you know, of course, it's a double-edged sword because there's a lot of really great authentic teachers out there, and there's also a lot of really questionable and inauthentic um, teachings that are out there, and it's really important more than ever to be mindful of who you invest with, who you're listening to, what are their qualifications, 
who were they taught by like really listen to your heart when you when you when you listen to people and when you listen to teachers and spiritual teachers especially the ones who are commanding a lot of money now there are lots of people out there on the internet who are charging big bucks for their services but it's because they are literally vibrating at that frequency and they are so good at what they do and they are so authentic and God bless them, each and every one of them. And there's also a middle ground, of course, but there's also, you know, a lot of people out there right now who are just, you know, selling these high-end programs that are good at selling because they're just either good at selling or they're good at, you know, selling themselves or they just, you know, emulate a certain energy that makes people want to buy from them. And, you know, there's more and more stories. I have many of my own of just, you know, investing way too much money in coaches and programs that did not deliver what they said they could deliver. And, you know, really felt disappointed by the experience, felt ripped off by the experience. And um, yeah, so that's just a word of caution and a word of, war a word of warning just to always be mindful about, especially when you're, when you're going to make a big investment, which is like anything, right? You know, you probably wouldn't just make any big investment without really thinking about it. Um, although, of course, as many of us know, sometimes uh, we do make these big investments just as a snap of the fingers because we get that heartfelt yes feeling and I want you to get that heartfelt yes feeling about money so that when you start to think about money you start to think of it as like a yes and not like a ah which is what so many of us do so that is going to conclude this little chit chat about money trauma I hope that uh, this has been helpful for you if you have any questions please come on over to my social media um, Instagram again is where I am the most active so either money at at money trauma healing or at Surya Devi world those are both me or even at a voice for love I have too many Instagram accounts but I, I've actually started a podcast uh, sorry an Instagram account just for this podcast and it's at a voice for love but the letter four and the reason I did that was because I just wanted to make it really easy for everyone to see all the episodes and all the guests all laid out there so you can go there and you can just kind of like skim over and see who you're drawn to because honestly like I've had so many amazing 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 guests on this podcast just like wow um, so many incredible conversations so many miracle stories so please, um, yeah, when you feel drawn to, head on over to that page and just see, you know, scan up and down the page and land on one and see who you feel drawn to because there's some really, really, really incredible episodes um, out there too. So I thank you all for listening. Thank you for being here. And I'm sending everyone much love. And if you want to talk more about money trauma, just uh, send me a message, either any one of those places that I mentioned. And uh peace and blessings and wishes for great abundance for everyone. <laughs> Take care, everyone. Ciao. You've been listening to A Voice for Love. This is Surya Devi. You can find me at suryadeviworld.com. I hope this series inspires you to discover your own voice for love so that you can be a force for good in your life and in the world. I wish you great joy, good health, and the courage to stand up for what you believe in. Peace.